I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Candace Slim. And you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. So, Candace, when we last spoke, you said you had watched the Jayla movie, This Is Me, dot, 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 now. Oh, yes. And you said you were hyped for the documentary, which came out this week, correct? Mm-hmm. So. Yes. Did you watch it? Hell yeah, I did. And it was longer than the film. But guess what? I think I liked it more because I learned a lot more from it. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you the floor like we're in the House of Congress. Um, (laughs) I need you to give me, let's say, five highlights of this uh, cinematic masterpiece, would you say? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. So first things first, this entire musical film started because when Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez got back together, Ben gave Jen this black box full of like their letters and emails and photos that they had sent to each other over the years. And we see it. And JLo has apparently been letting her like team of producers and songwriters flip through the box, read the letters, all of it. And Ben was like, Oh, just like that? Okay, cool, 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 cool. And from this box comes the inspiration to make this musical film cinematic masterpiece. Wait, that's crazy. Those Mm. are personal letters. Those are things I expect to read from, like, you know, Frida Kahlo because she's dead. Not Ben Affleck when he's very much still alive and present. Yeah, and the worst part is J-Lo probably goes, (laughs) unlike Frida Kahlo, she wakes up thinking such things. (laughs) So... In the first 15 minutes of this documentary, J-Lo says, this is her purple rain, okay? She compares this film to when Prince made an album and then made a subsequent movie. And she explains that, like, you know, before shooting, whoever was going to buy and distribute the film, they ended up dropping the deal. And that is how she came in and ended up paying, like, $20 of her own dollars to fund the project, which made me realize, Rachel... This is an indie movie, okay? J-Lo is an independent filmmaker. Take her to Sundance. Candace. Hmm. Do indie filmmakers usually have budgets of 20 million of their own personal monies to put up for what some might describe as a vanity project? I mean, Rachel, what is maestro but a vanity project of B. Coops himself? Wait, actually, you're so right. I rescind all judgment. You're so right. Because at least mm-hmm. J-Lo is honest about making it about her. Whereas yes. Bradley Cooper is like, actually, I just care about <laughs> classical music. <laughs> yeah. And so I would say the arc of this documentary, the thesis, let's say, is mm-hmm. getting Jane Fonda to make a cameo in the film. <sighs> now, this arc does not have much weight to it because, like, you know, the musical film, it came out weeks ago. We know Jane Fonda is in it. She plays mm-hmm. Sagittarius. But mm-hmm. throughout this documentary, we see JLo's manager is saying, like, hey, Jane is hesitant because she thinks you and Ben are too publicized. J-Lo is on the phone with oh. Jane being like, I need you to do this. You were at my Hollywood Walk of Fame. We did Monster in Law together. You've always been there for me. Please oh. do this. And the reason J-Lo is so determined and like hung up on Jane Fonda is because of my next juicy plot point, which is okay. that many people said no. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. Wait, because the actual guest cameos were pretty 
high profile, I would say. So she got Kiki Palmer. So if Kiki (laughs) Palmer says yes, who is saying no? Yeah. So here's a list of people who said they were, quote, not available. All right. Jason Momoa. Jennifer Coolidge, Lizzo, <gasps> Vanessa Hudgens, Ariana Grande, Snoop Dogg, Taylor Swift said no, James Corden was considered, Khloe Kardashian was supposed to do it and then dropped out. So this is an interesting one. Anthony Ramos from In the Heights. He oh. was supposed to play one of the husbands, specifically the one in the glass house. Now, J-Lo is on the phone with Anthony, and basically he says he cannot do it because he is friends with Mark Anthony, who is J-Lo's ex-husband. Oh. Now, the glass house scene in particular is a bit coded. I think mm. it's a little bit about domestic abuse and alcoholism. Mm. Yeah. And Anthony says that he doesn't want the media to misconstrue his participation as ill will toward Mark. And JLo, like later on in the film, she says that she wrote that scene not because she herself was, quote, beat up, but because she was manhandled. But mm. all of that aside, this literally gives me another reason to tell Anthony Ramos to kick rocks. And the thing is, it's not the only reason to tell Anthony Ramos to kick rocks. Longtime listeners of the show will remember the way Anthony Ramos was a wife guy and mm. then cheated on his wife, girlfriend, fiance, Jasmine Safis Jones, daughter of Ron Safis Jones, mm-hmm. a national treasure. Mm-hmm. Kick rocks, Anthony Ramos. I think the purpose of this documentary was to show J-Lo starring writing, Mm. producing her own Mm. movie for maybe the first time at this level. And, you know, she talks with Ben about how this movie sucks. She's not good enough. It's a lot of like, I'm an artist, but this is bad art kind of dialogue. And Mm -hmm. I would say the funniest example of this for me is when someone brings J-Lo two plastic tubs of mud because she's going to like do a dance number in a muddy rose garden. And she is touching it and she's like, "Mm, I need a soil that's more wet, but she has to go. She has a hard out. So she's like in the car and she looks really stressed out because things are not coming together. And her manager is like, okay, is there anything else? And she like holds the door open. And the one thing she says is, we need to add water to the mud and so they bring out the mud for her again to try and at first she's like no 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 no, i need to go home and then she rolls down her window and she's driving away still giving notes on the mud and i thought that was so funny because this is perfectionist jen this is Mm. i'm paying for this jen this is this mud cannot be a virgo jen Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's reminding me of all of the scenes in renaissance where beyonce is like very technically directing what's happening on stage except she's working with um thousands of light and camera crew and effects and j-lo is giving notes on how wet the mud needs to be and that's that's all i'm gonna say draw your own conclusions (laughs) i do have a question though you mentioned ben affleck is he in this besides his letters to j-lo Rachel, he is so in this that he was directing J-Lo's confessionals. <gasps> Let me clarify. <sighs> ben was asking J-Lo the questions during her confessionals. I love Real Housewives. And his voice oh is in it. God. He does appear in confessionals himself. There mm. is a big part of me that is willing to bet he filmed his own confessionals, too. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. I wonder if Jen considered giving Ben a writing credit because there is a scene where they are sitting next to each other in his office. He has a MacBook on his lap. She Mm. is an iPad with attached keyboard girly. And they are going through the script. And Ben is literally like in final draft, starts rewriting lines in the script. And I was like, okay, go off Argo. Sometimes I forget Ben Affleck is actually 
a talented filmmaker. Yeah. Fascinating. So um, I have one final question for you, Candice, which is mm-hmm. how would you kind of rank this among the rollout of the This Is Me dot 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 now trifecta? Wesley Morris for the New York Times said that the musical film was Lulu Lemonade. And I'm going to take it one step further and say this was Delulu Lemonade, and I recommend it because even though the documentary is not better than Halftime, it actually kind of reminds me of like a day in the life J-Lo vlog. You know, they show her beautiful house a lot. She's hugging Ben. It's cute. I would say, though, watch the musical film first, then the documentary. Okay. The album will mm. be streamed by Ben Affleck multiple times on multiple platforms. So, hey, don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm not worried about J-Lo's streams. Importantly, if she has $20 million of her own monies to put up to make this documentary, I'm not worried about what my stream is going to do for her. There you go. This was such a comprehensive recap. Um, thank you, <laughs> J-Lo expert Candice Slim. I no appreciate you clocking in, mm-hmm. doing the work. Mm. Um, and on today's show... I'm going to get another recap from someone else who was also clocking in and doing the work. And that is one of my best friends, Danielle Hewitt, who, while I was off TikTok for about a month and a half, continued to send me tens, dozens, hundreds of TikToks. And later in the show, after a short break, we are going to dive into approximately 10 to 15 of those TikToks. You're going to learn a lot about me, a lot about Danielle, a lot about us as friends. Stay tuned. Hey, listeners. Hope you're enjoying today's show. If this is your first time listening, then welcome. We are thrilled to have you here. In case you missed it, our show comes out twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So make sure you never miss an episode like this past Saturday is when we broke down the notorious 52-part TikTok series. Who the fuck did I marry? And we're back. And today, well, today is a super special day because my bestie is in the studio. The real fans, aka our mutual friends, and also those of y'all who follow me on Instagram, know all about Danielle. But for those of you who haven't been blessed with her presence, Danielle Hewitt is a podcast producer at Prologue Projects, where she worked on the critically acclaimed podcast Think Twice, which is all about Michael Jackson. She was formerly a producer for Slate's Daily News podcast, What Next? And she is my best friend. I see her a minimum of twice a week, and we are always in communication. Danielle, hello. Hi. Welcome to ICYMI. Thank you so much. Longtime fan, first time caller. <laughs> I can't believe you choose to listen to my voice when I'm (laughs) always in your ear. You know, I can never get enough. Who can? (laughs) So, as a first-time guest, I have to ask you a very important question, which Mm -hmm. is as a long-time listener, you know what I'm going to ask you. But I don't even know if I know the answer to this Mm -hmm. question, which is, what is your first internet memory? Uh, I think my first internet memory is, I think I was really into YouTube as a youth Like, I definitely was, like, a nerd fighter for a hot second there. Like, I really, yeah. So I think my first internet memory is, like, all of the YouTubers that I was, like, really obsessed with. Like, all the Brits. I really got into college humor videos. I think that's probably my core internet memory. Yeah, we bonded over our uh, fatal attraction to British YouTuber white men before. (laughs) The Harry's brothers, like. (laughs) Zach and Finn. Well, 
As I said before the break, we are here for what might be one of our most fun episodes, or at least the most fun for me. And honestly, that's what matters here is how I feel about everything. That's true. Thank you. I'm always saying this. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) As listeners of the show know, I recently took some time off work, during which I deleted all of my social media, including TikTok. What y'all don't know is that Danielle and I are the kind of friends who are constantly sending each other TikToks, like... If I didn't check the app for 12 hours, I'd come back to at least 5 to 10 TikToks (laughs) and vice versa. It's a mutual thing. So when I went off TikTok, I asked Danielle to keep sending me videos so I'd have like a backlog to return to. And boy, did you deliver. I did. (laughs) (laughs) I really wish I had waited to tell you how many you sent me because TikTok doesn't have the functionality to tell you how many missed messages you have. It just tells you that you have one. And I was like, that's not true. So I had to go back and manually count how many TikToks you sent me. And it it was between 230 and 250 over the course of about a month and a half. <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself? You're welcome. This is what I have to say for myself. <laughs> I thought it'd be really funny to basically have a whole episode where we just go through a selection of the TikToks you sent me while I was off the app as a snapshot of both the discourse that I missed mm-hmm. And also, as I would say, a portrait of our friendship. A fuller picture that you listeners will now have of me. Are you ready? I'm so ready. (laughs) I don't even know which ones you picked. So (laughs) Exactly. I haven't said that yet, but Danielle doesn't know which of the 230 to 250 TikToks I picked as representative of us and her and me. So this is kind of a surprise for everyone. I split this into four categories. Okay. Which are videos that say a lot about me. Videos that say a lot about you. (laughs) Videos that say a lot about us as friends. And then videos that I just loved. I would say the best of the best. Okay. So I'm going to play the video and then you can explain to me why you sent it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'll start with the videos that say a lot about you so our audience can get to know you because they already know me. Okay, so great. let's get started. I'm really excited. This first one, I'm just going to read what the caption says, which is Kermit as Patti Lapone in Company the Musical. <laughs> I don't even think that description helps. Here's to the ladies who lunch. Everybody laugh. Lounging in their caftans and planning a brunch on their own behalf. Danielle, please describe what that video was. Uh, that was a video of Kermit the Frog dressed as one of the characters of Stephen Sondheim's uh, incredible musical company singing Ladies Who Lunch from said musical company. That's what that was. <laughs> Importantly, Kermit is holding a construction paper martini glass. <laughs> Daniel, why'd you send this to me? Because it's incredible. <laughs> It's so funny. First of all, Ladies Who Lunch is a just masterpiece of a song. Like, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm big into show tunes. <laughs> this is what it says about me. But it's one of my favorite songs from a musical. I also forgot you don't like puppets. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Which is so funny because I find puppets to be so fun. I did forget about that part. But I think on the whole, enjoyable TikTok. You know, I certainly watched it within you know the many videos you sent me and i thought wow i didn't know this was a company song until i looked at the hashtags and as soon as i saw that i was like okay we have puppets we have steven sondheim (laughs) we have a four minute long video (laughs) 
Of course you sent this to me. Yeah. I think this is the perfect TikTok to start off with for people to know who you are. Yeah. Which is a theater nerd. It's true. Yeah. This video is by one of my favorite TikTokers who does these bits about her German mother. But this one is about how she orders her coffee at a coffee shop. And it, it reminds, I'm sure it reminds Danielle of herself and the strong among us. Sorry, what kind of milk do I want? <laughs> Regular milk is fine. Regular. You got the cow back there? Cause I'll suck the juice right out of her tip. Oh look, my order just took two seconds. Not hold up the line at rush hour trying to pronounce a la mana de milk. Where does it end? Where does it end? Oat, soy. Explain. Uh. This is one of those TikToks that I definitely sent uh, with the caption that just says me. <laughs> this is my inner monologue every time I order a latte in a, in a coffee shop in Brooklyn. Because everyone I know drinks an alternative milk. And me, the strong, <laughs> am not lactose intolerant. I'll take whole milk. I drink iced lattes with whole milk. And that's crazy. <laughs> You're out here drinking a cup of milk on a regular basis. Just because you have a weak constitution <laughs> doesn't mean <laughs> that I have to pay the price. And I just feel that any other milk alternative is just so much lesser. This is my competitive spirit coming through being like, uh, <laughs> no, I am better than all of you because I can drink milk. Mm-hmm. Danielle is an Aries. Everything <laughs> is a competition. It's true. <laughs> Including <laughs> the fact that I have a lactose intolerance. It feels like push through. <laughs> Fight. <laughs> so now we know two things about Danielle. Theater nerd, competitive. Strong gut. <laughs> this video is part of a, I would say, long gestating obsession you have with um, bees. My bees are still pretty active inside the hive during the winter. Now, I don't want to remove the roof and check on them just yet. I usually don't open the hives during the cold months unless I really have to. Opening them too soon will break their winter seal, which is made out of propolis. Propolis is this super sticky stuff that bees produce by collecting tree sap and mixing it with saliva and beeswax. Why did you send me this? Okay, I've recently become obsessed with bees because of this man's specific TikTok account. So I think over the summer it was, he had a hive that had lost its queen and <laughs> Rachel's laughing at me. He had a hive that had lost its queen and hives cannot survive without a queen. So he had to replace the queen. But replacing a queen in a beehive is a very tough process because mm -hmm. if the worker bees do not accept her, they'll just kill her. Mm -hmm. Or if she is like kind of a weak queen, she'll like try and lay eggs, but her egg laying pattern, not right. The bees will sense it and start creating other queen bees, like raising other queen bees out of eggs to fight the new queen. And then she has to basically, if she finds the eggs, then she can kill them. And then she gets supremacy over the hive. And like, this was a whole saga happening over the course of like a couple months last summer. And I was sending them to Rachel all the time. And now I'm just fascinated by the structure of a beehive because that is incredible. Like I want like a novel. I want like a sci-fi serialized novel about bees, basically. What was the name of the bee queen who won? Oh. <laughs> uh, the bee queen who won, her name was uh, Celine Bion. <laughs> like, I, what's better than that? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next. I don't even really understand where this one came from, but it does involve an iconic meme of somebody bowling, and I can't even say the line in the way this man does. The bowler who hit a clutch strike and then proceeded to drop one of the most legendary quotes of all time when he said, Who do you think you are? I am! Why did you send me this video, Danielle? <laughs> well, first of all, it's iconic. An iconic moment in bowling history that we all know because we all love sports and competitive 
uh-huh. ventures. And second of all, a part of the lore that I really love is that he was beefing with like a 12-year-old in the <laughs> audience. And that is why he said, <laughs> that is who he was directing this comment to, a 12-year-old, which is like the funniest thing I've ever heard. Like a pro- professional bowler, which is like kind of a lame sport. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's a little bit of a lame sport. <laughs> and then to be the, at the top of your game and to have a 12-year-old get in your head like that is maybe one of the funnier things I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, kind of proof that bowling is a lame sport, that a 12-year-old is who you're beefing with. But also, <laughs> I used to bowl competitively as a child. It is not a lame oh my God, sport. people forget. People do forget. <laughs> Next up are the TikToks that I think say a lot about us as friends. Okay. This one's from one of my favorite TikTok podcasts that I'm sure is a real podcast, but have I ever listened to it? No. It's called The Basement Yard, and it's maybe the only time I've looked at two white men and thought, this is me and my bestie. <laughs> I don't like that you live other dreams. M- mine? <laughs> my own? I don't, I don't like that. I gotta admit, I don't like that. We have the same, there's some overlap. Yes. We're doing the no, same no, 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 thing. No, no, We're doing no. the podcast. No, no, We're doing no, live no, shows. No, no. I don't like that. So don't I want... shouldn't want dreams. When you're dating someone, do you date other people too? No, that's what I'm saying here. We're talking about my dreams. Yeah, and your dreams should be my dreams. And that's it. <laughs> we don't have hopes and dreams. And then there are dreams that I have already had that you can have one day too. We're not allowed to have dreams outside of our. You our get to have dream. them. Oh, but as long as you have the dream first, then it's okay no, for me to no, have no, it. No, 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 no. But I'm saying like, we, we have our dreams. And that's where it stops. Why did you send this to me? If the drinking regular cow's milk TikTok had a me under it, this one definitely had an us under it. <laughs> I feel that that clip is like encapsulates our dynamic. Rachel's a Pisces. I'm an Aries. Rachel's very emotional. And I, I'm, you know, people have said I'm not very emotional. <laughs> And I, I believe that Rachel has said something to this effect to me at some point. I probably have the exact same reaction. <laughs> there's one where he, there's another TikTok of these two guys. And there's one, he's like, do you miss me when I'm not around? And he's like, what do you mean? And like, I, I I swear to God, we must have had that exact same conversation at some point. Wait, who's who in this situation? You're the one saying, I'm not allowed to have dreams. <laughs> I'm saying, what do you mean? How dare you? <laughs> I support all of your dreams. I'm sure you do, but you're a little jealous when they're just about me. <laughs> Well, yeah, they don't include me. Exactly. (laughs) Speaking of dreams and the things that we share, I would say that if we had a shared Roman empire, Mm -hmm. if we were men and had a Roman empire, it would either be Dreamgirls, Mm -hmm. Pop Punk, Mm -hmm. or Twilight. Yes. All of which are things you not only sent me videos about, (laughs) (laughs) but you sent me enough of each genre that I actually had a hard time picking (laughs) just which one to play. But I chose this one, which is an interview Robert Pattinson did about Twilight, where he is describing, I would say, the method that he (laughs) approached the material and some notes that he got about that method. The scene when Edward introduces Bella to his family the first time, I remember that being the day because my agent, my manager, like came up as a surprise visit. And I was like, oh, hey, and just thought everything was fine. And then at lunch... They were like, okay, so whatever you're doing right now, you need after lunch, just do the opposite or you'll be fired by the end of the day. And I, <laughs> I was like, okay. And so uh, that was the only thing that got me to sort of smile a little bit. Twilight was such a real moment in time. Just you had to be there. You really had to be there. <laughs> and importantly, we were both there. Yes. <laughs> Twilight, a formative text for the both of us. We I, were both in the trenches. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> 
I feel like Twilight was one of the first things we really bonded over, having been like 12 reading Twilight and having your mind just exploded. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would say actually one of the things that brought us closest together was us reading Midnight Sun oh my together God. in the middle of the pandemic and then making one of our friends who never read a single Twilight book in his entire life yep. read just Midnight Sun, which is Twilight, but from Edward's perspective. Which deep cut yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah no just bonding over having read twilight been like gone to all the midnight premieres like gone to see all the movies and then also this other deep cut lore of like being in literally seventh grade knowing that midnight sun had been written but then leaked and then stephanie meyer pulled it and never released it and then in the in the darkest of days (laughs) in the middle of the pandemic when we all when the girlies really needed something stephanie meyer released Twilight from Edward's perspective and it really it was it was such (laughs) it was beautiful it was a beautiful moment in time and I yeah it was a real springboard for our friendship for sure now this next one also deeply revealing also I would say pretty insular oh (laughs) (laughs) we will explain what this means but first you must hear it cause tonight will be the night that I will fall for you over again don't make me change my mind why did you send me this what's going on in this video uh it is an elderly woman presumably i'm thinking someone's grandma her bangs are you know swooped you know to the side Mm -hmm. emo haircut Mm -hmm. and she's singing fall for you by secondhand (laughs) serenade and it is a classic tiktok format uh, we send each other basically this video over and over in different uh, skins. <laughs> I think there's one that I sent with a dog with mm-hmm. like his hair over its eye, but like it's just the emo accent <laughs> involved. It's like someone covering it, and it's just like, and tonight will be the night <laughs> that, that I will, will fall for you over again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's incredible. It never fails, always hits. <laughs> the way we will walk around New York City singing. <laughs> Tonight will, will be, be the, the night, night that, that I will fall for you. <laughs> it's so deeply annoying. <laughs> and I'm so glad that we get to share this with everyone else now. Yeah, no, and you get welcome. to be annoyed. <laughs> well, now that I feel like y'all know Danielle a little better, it's time for the main event. Me. Mm-hmm. Specifically, me getting dragged video by video by my best friend. I'm, I'm sure y'all can't wait. But first, let's take a short break. When we come back, we are continuing with Danielle's highlight reel. And we're back with my best friend, Danielle Hewitt, and I'm as ready as I'll ever be for what she's about to reveal about me. It's not time for the story yet. Okay. (laughs) Just tell me when I got it. I got it locked and loaded. You'll know. This first one feels very personal, given a situation that happened this weekend that I will explain after the video. Hi, hello. Quick public service announcement. I'd like to start a support group for brown skin people that happen to be light skin in the wintertime. Uh, it is mid-January and uh, it's getting pretty rough for some of us. Some of us are nearing our sugar cookie stage um, and, it's, and it's getting it's getting kind of rough. I'm not saying we're light skinned people because we're not. Because when the sun is where it's supposed to be, we're brown skinned. We're tropical people. We're supposed to be in the sun. So we're brown skinned people. Sometimes colonization just happens to get the best of you, okay? And your complexion. So Godspeed, my brothers and sisters. I hope the sun returns to you soon as well your melanin as far as a support group um apply within because <laughs> oh my god i'm getting light skin 
Why'd you send this to me, Danielle? Okay, I think this says as much about you as it does about me. We, we both can relate to this video. We're in the dead of winter. There's no sun. And, you know, when there's no sun, we get a little pale. <laughs> okay? It's not our fault. <laughs> genetics. Um, just to really give you a sense of how pale some of us get in the winter, um, I posted an Instagram story this weekend of my hand holding a bag of books. And on my close friend's story, I said, I didn't realize how pale my hand was in that photo. And not one, but two people DM me thinking that I had just soft launched a white boyfriend. <laughs> Because of how pale my hands were <laughs> in this video. I'm so sorry. I feel your pain. I do. I really do. Was, the sun is the sun is coming. She's coming. She's coming. I might have to go to a tanning salon before then, but I'm just gonna say it was the light. It was cloudy that day. It was overcast. That's anyway, true. next up we have this one, which I know why you sent this. I am very familiar with why you sent this. And the audience will learn afterwards why you sent this to me. But first, you just need to hear it. Azani, don't come in here saying hey to everybody, okay? Okay. Get, get over here. Come. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> So this is a video of a baby who their mother keeps telling them not to say hi to people in Target. But this baby just wants to say hi to everyone. And you know what? I love this baby. But I know why you sent this baby to me. Why'd you send this baby to me, Danielle? You just, like, hear yourself in that video? No. Uh, I don't know if you guys know. If you ever have the lovely chance of meeting Rachel in person, she says hi like an NPC. <laughs> she says hi to just everyone. <laughs> We noticed it because we were playing Legend of Zelda, and one of the NPCs literally said hi the exact same way that Rachel says hi. And now I pointed out every time she does it, and I sent it her this TikTok to her because she sounds exactly like that baby. I've never been more self-conscious of the way I say hi than after you told me that. Now whenever I order a coffee and I go up to the counter, I'm just like, hello, how are you? I'm not a baby. I'm not a baby. I don't know if you knew. So now if you ever have the joy of hearing me say hi in an unconscious way, you will now immediately think of this baby, yeah. which there are worse things in, in the world. Speaking of, this next video is just if you ever have the joy of hearing me when I get drunk, <laughs> this will also make sense to you. Cheers, girls! Mm, yummy. I'm getting silly tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. Oh. Hannah, oh. please. Yeah. I just love you guys. This has nothing to do with the alcohol. Just when I look at you, I feel this sense of gratitude. You're so beautiful. Vienna. You're beautiful too, Vienna. You're so beautiful. And I want to just say this. Yep. You ladies have changed my life. You have changed my life. We love, love you too. so much. I just feel like I don't say it enough. You do. <laughs> Am I being weird? Not no. at all. Let's take a shot. <laughs> I just love you so much. <laughs> and I don't think I should be attacked for saying that. <laughs> I don't think you should either. I think it's a beautiful thing. Your tears, your emotions, always at the surface. <laughs> Just waiting to come out. For context, the caption on the video is that one friend when you guys get drunk. And that one friend, that one friend is me. Honestly, I've never cried on this show. And I think that's pretty impressive. That's crazy, actually. It's been three years. Yeah. I've talked a lot about crying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is the last video in the category of this says a lot about me. And... 
I question my decision to play this video because I know what story Danielle is going to tell because of this video. But, you know, I'm here in the spirit of vulnerability. So let's let's roll the clip, which is about um, a friend who some would say has a lot of empathy watching sports where people just get traded away from their friends all the time without any warning. And I think that's fucked up. <laughs> he looks so upset. No, because he was supposed to catch the ball and then he didn't. <laughs> no, I'm fine. He just, they tried to throw him the ball and then he went to catch it and then he didn't. And then he walked to the sidelines and the look on his face haunts me because he just looks so like disappointed in himself. And I know like his whole family is watching probably. He probably has like elderly grandparents who are like watching him and like counting on him to like, to like do football and he can't he's not doing it the way that he wanted to in his head and i can tell and i can feel that and so like i'm just upset because he looks so upset and he was supposed to get to the ball but he didn't i love how at the beginning i was like explain why you sent this to me and now i am preemptively defending myself <laughs> before you can say anything but i need to say mm -hmm. that Listen, the Super Bowl, the Olympics are very emotional events. People train their entire lives for this, and then they just don't catch a ball, and suddenly it's all over. Rude. <laughs> Danielle, why'd you send this to me? <laughs> um, yeah, so I am I am the jock between the two of us in terms of I, I grew up a lot around sports, so I would say I'll, I'll bring up something sports-related, and Rachel will just, there's nothing behind the eyes. She's got nothing for me. <laughs> And the be the best example of this dynamic is that we had gone to see Paramore at Madison Square Garden, one of the most famous arenas in the country, perhaps the world. <laughs> and we're heading out and she sees like a an ad for the Knicks or something or like something <laughs> advertising basketball. And she turns to me incredibly seriously and says, I didn't know they played basketball here. <laughs> and I, <laughs> for even more reference, my dad is a basketball coach. Like I... <laughs> I thought she was kidding. Just would like to say I knew Madison Square Garden was a famous concert venue. Mm -hmm. And I was not aware that sports were also played there. That is so crazy. I don't think it's that crazy. Well, that was the last that you guys need to know about me. I will no longer be saying anything personal on the pod because Danielle just read me. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have time for just the videos that I really love. The first one features two icons meeting before I think people really understood how iconic they were. Apparently, you're really good, fierce at playing four in a row. Is that Connect Four? Yeah. I'm really good at it. Oh my God. Wait, no, don't tell me you have it. Okay, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you ready? Okay, I, yeah. Oh, I'm fierce at this. You going first or not? You, it doesn't matter. Okay. Oh, God, I have to win. I have to win. You're so not winning. I'm so good at this. So that was Alison Hammond, a British TV presenter and current co-host of Great British Bake Off. She has been the most loveliest addition of Great British Bake Off and a baby Beyonce doing an interview. Crazy. I saw this and I was like, wow, this is exactly the content that I missed out on. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Danielle. You're welcome. I knew you would love it. It's it's a deep cut. I forgot that Beyonce did interviews like that. And so to like have this like lovely piece of media of her playing Connect Four, which is very fun. Like she gets like really into it, which is really cool. It's like one of those things that like 
I never would have seen if it weren't for TikTok. No, it's so true. It's so old. I love it so much. Thank you so much for that moment. We have time for two more clips, uh, one of which is actually discourse that I was really glad that you introduced me to about Gen Z and aging that I I fully missed out on this. So we are actually not just uh, performing our friendship for you guys. Mm -hmm. This is real information that you need. Apparently, Gen Z is like aging really rapidly. It is mainly because of the stress. Come here. We live in a time nowadays where millennials look way younger for their age, while Gen Z looks way older for their age. If you don't believe me, I'm Gen Z. Get closer. I am Gen Z and nobody ever believes me. When my mom and I walk out in public, people think that my mom is my younger sister. Tell us about this man. So this man is... 26 years old which is younger than me and i i've seen his tiktoks before he does like fast food recipes where he like reveals the recipe to certain fast foods and i was like that guy's in his 30s he's gotta be he's 26 i always thought he was older than me <laughs> and this this video kicked off discourse about gen z just looking way older than a lot of millennials actually a lot of millennials a lot of gen x there's a follow-up video that you sent me that we haven't played because it's almost too metatextual to get into but it's this guy whose name is jordan and method man but people keep saying he looks like method man method man gen x comfortably method man looks younger or at least around the same age or at least around the same age which method man aging impeccably absolutely yeah but yeah i don't know i i've been watching love is blind and there's some there's that one couple kenneth and Brittany, Brittany, and he's 25 25. and she's 24 and i thought they were older than i was and so maybe it's just i have age blindness but i think this this phenomenon is very real all right last video is just like a, a sheer shot of joy that is the only way to describe it. It is a small child being given the opportunity to do what we all would have wanted to do at her age. All right, mommy. Okay. So okay. now you like to say bad words? Yeah. You can only say bad words in the bathroom, okay? What do I want to say? <laughs> the bad words you like to say, you can only say it in the bathroom, okay? okay hold on, hold on. You can do it for five minutes. I'm okay. going to step out. I'm going to close the door and you say all the bad words and get them out. Okay. 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 All right. I'm going to close the door. Okay. Motherfucker. 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 The payoff of this video is great because you're like, what the fuck is she going to say? Yeah. <laughs> she seems so unsure of herself. I and know. Then. And then why would you send me that video? Because <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> It's just like, it's like takes a long time. And then you're like, what is she going to say? She's so little. How does she know? And then, you know, she has been waiting. Just, she doesn't just say it. She says it like with attitude. She knows how she wants to say it. She has the person in her head who she's saying it to. She's visualizing them. And she is, and she gets more intense as the video goes on. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it just, the the pacing of that video Hollywood should take note. It's true. It's just, it's perfect. I felt like beautifully led up to the moment and then it happened and I was like, <laughs> I was preparing for shit. Yeah. I was preparing for damn. Yeah. Fuck at the absolute strongest. And then she said, motherfucker. Just, I, <laughs> where did she hear that? Wait, who was saying this around her so much? Why does she know how to pronounce it so well? And why has she been wanting to say it for so long? <laughs> why has she definitely said it before and her mother had to be like, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> you can't do that one. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, this is this is a trend that you missed, and this is this is the best of the best of the, that video <laughs> kind of video. Wait, it was a trend. Oh yeah, people were putting their little kids in bathrooms, being like, "Say whatever you want." <laughs> What were they You're saying? Free, right? You know, all the all the bad words, all the ones they want, you know, shit, damn, you know. But she just, she had sauce on it in a way that was so satisfying. And she did. Wow, Danielle, this was incredible. Yeah, I had beautiful. the best time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. For joining me time. on this journey. Okay, that's the show. We will be back in your feed on Saturday, so definitely subscribe. That is the best way to never miss an episode. Please leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify and tell your best friends about us. This is, I think, a great episode to share with your bestie. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod, and you can always drop us a note at ICYMI at slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Sierra Spragley-Ricks, Rachel Hampton, and me, Candice Lim. Lisa Rosario is our senior supervising producer, and Alicia Montgomery is Slate's vice president of audio. See you online. Or at Madison Square Garden.